Hello and welcome to the Brand Nurture Podcast, the show that's all about expanding what's possible and building a brand and a life you can't wait to wake up to. I'm your host, Emily Cecile, brand designer and marketing strategist, here to encourage you to build a brand that allows you to share your passion while enabling you to live your life outside of it. Through marketing, branding, mindset and more, each week I'll be pulling back the curtain to provide sustainable strategies, inspiring insights and transformative tales to help you grow your brand, claim your dream life and realize that you are not alone. Grab a cup of coffee and join me as we explore what it takes to build a brand and a life you love. This is the Brand Nurture Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Brand Nurture Podcast. I am Emily Cecile, the host of this podcast and founder of Cecile Creative Studio, which is a brand and marketing studio that helps film entrepreneurs to expand what's possible. So today I wanted to talk about getting started. So I think getting started is one of the hardest things to do in anything that you pursue in life, whether it's because of blank page syndrome or whether it's just a case of the fear that comes with starting. But yeah, I think it's one of the hardest things to do and starting a business especially can feel very overwhelming. I also want to share my story because you likely don't know me and I want to share a little bit of context as to who is talking on this podcast. But also I want to provide you with some actionable tips to take away, what I would do differently and what you can do that I believe might help you if you are wanting to start a business. Let's just jump straight in. I grew up in the countryside of Devon. We're talking tiny village in the middle of nowhere, like less than 2,000 people. You'll be walking your dog and if you see someone, you will talk to them and you probably know them because you probably went to school with them. (laughs) That's the vibe of where I live, where I grew up, I should say. I then felt like I needed a little bit more I think this is a common feeling for people that have grown up in small towns. I don't know whether it's specific to like UK or something, but yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and I felt like I wanted more. So a lot of people I know move away and I did. I went to university in London. Firstly, I went traveling around Europe for three months, which was amazing and really enjoyed. But then I went to university in London and I got a degree in communications which taught me a lot of things. It's really funny because when I used to talk about my degree, I used to say that I didn't really learn that much. But I think that was mainly because I did a degree in fashion communication and I didn't want to work in fashion by the end of it. So I felt like I, and I'm like obsessed with business. I always have been. So I, you know, when you, I always say don't have regrets, but I used to say that I wish I'd gone to university for business because I think that probably would have benefited me more than what I did and I don't feel that way anymore because I think my degree taught me exactly what I needed to know and the main thing was branding. Anyone who's worked in the fashion industry knows that you have to brand, not only is branding really important for fashion brands, it's really important for people. Like you have to build your own personal brand to get anywhere, even to get jobs in the fashion industry. So yeah, it taught me a lot about brand, which I can see now looking back. That is the main thing I, that's the main thing I learned. I also was working at a magazine at the time. So that was a fashion and travel magazine. And I did that alongside my university degree. And I was in the kind of advertising partnerships assistant role. It was exactly what it sounds like, basically. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it. It was a lovely team and yeah, loved magazines. I still do. 
So it was really nice to have that experience alongside my degree. But I decided once I finished my degree, so my degree was two years. It was a fast track degree. So it was like three years squished into two, which meant it was very intense, which I liked because that's how I work as a person. I quite like when things are intense, but I, it was like too much. So I was like, okay, I'm done with London for now. So I came back to Devon and I was like, cool, I'm just going to pursue art. So I used to love art. I did art to GCSE. I did art A-levels. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people find this, that when they do art A-level, they tend to hate art for a little bit, <laughs> which is definitely the case of what happened to me. But after doing my degree where I hadn't done any art, I was like, okay, I want to come back and just pursue my art. So I did that for a bit and was, yeah, doing like acrylic watercolor art by the beach. Like it was very chill and it was a beautiful period of time while also making business plans on my laptop. I don't know if this makes me slightly insane, but I have a folder on my laptop of like assorted business plans, which has, yeah, a multitude of different businesses that I have never started. And I think the reason that I never started any of them is because I was very good at business. Like I, that was like the area that my degree that when we did modules on it, I always did the best, but I was always building businesses not building brands and brands is what makes people want to buy it gives people a reason to buy and so whenever I was building these business plans and having these assorted business plans on my laptop I never felt like they were things that I would do because I never had a reason for people to want to buy it so that was actually tangented I didn't plan to bring that up but looking back I now realize that the reason that none of this ever came to fruition is because I was building businesses, I was not building brands. So yeah, I was doing my art and I decided after a couple more years, I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Amsterdam to pursue my art, just be an artistic person in Amsterdam. I love the city, I've been there so many times and I was like, cool, I want to live there now, I want to, yeah, just live and do art, which sounds blissful and I did move to Amsterdam, but I did that in March of 2020. The beginning of March 2020 is when I moved to Amsterdam. And I say moved very lightly because I moved for a total of 10 days before I came back. Because if anyone doesn't remember, March 2020 is when the UK basically found out or told everyone about COVID. And yeah, it shut everything down in Amsterdam and getting home was a struggle like I got the train there and I had to get a flight back one of the very few flights back so I had to come home and I'm lucky I did because I just I'd been there for 10 days I was not set up enough to be there indefinitely so I came back and I moved back into my house which I actually had my friend living in my house while I was away because I had a cat and I just have my house basically (laughs) so I moved back into my house where they were living and we got locked down the UK went into lockdown and everyone was furloughed from their jobs and I live in the middle of literally nowhere so it was like basically just us two in in the world again like nobody else in the world it was a very crazy time and yeah I came back we got locked down friendship turned into a little bit more than friendship (laughs) to leave that PG. And then, yeah, that turned into a little bit more. We realized this is more than just friends or 
more than friends or whatever you want to call it. So we got together literally about after three weeks, I think. And then long story short, two months later, I fell pregnant with my son. (laughs) And we are still incredibly in love and my son is amazing. So I have absolutely no regrets. It was, if you had told me this is where I would be five years ago, I would have probably laughed at your face, but it's, yeah, it's the most crazy story that I am so thankful for. So yeah, I had our son. I was full-time mama for the first five, six months of his life. He needed me. Obviously he still needs me, but for the first five, six months of his life, I was just doing mumming basically. And as someone who had always worked for my passions and just doing things for myself and just always loved doing things, not doing anything for me, really lost my identity. And I think that's a crisis that I have heard a lot of other mothers have struggled with. And something that I do think should be talked about more, like the identity loss that you have when you have a child, but that's a topic for another conversation. And so I was full-time mama and then I was like, cool, I need to do something for me. He's six months old. I need to do something for me. He was still doing a lot of napping at that point. So I started learning about branding. I took a course on brand strategy and I literally fell in love and basically committed, have committed to learning more about branding and strategy and psychology and marketing and everything ever since, basically. It was, yeah, when you look back at all the pieces that you've done previously and everything just, you connect those dots and everything makes sense. That's what it felt like for me. It was the mixture of art and business that I think branding is such a beautiful mixture of. Yeah, it was just amazing. So yeah, that's what I've been doing since. I got my first client in January of 2021 and I took on a couple of free projects in February 2021. I know that free work is like a hotly debated topic on when it comes to business. Some people are very against it, say you should never do work for free. Other people have other opinions, and which actually brings me to lesson number one. I personally believe that free work or heavily discounted work is not a bad thing, but make sure that they are perfectly aligned with the customers that you want and not just random work. You want to make sure that these people are the people that you want to work with so that the outcome of this is going to attract you the clients you want to work with. If you're just doing free random work for people that you don't really wouldn't want, that like they're not your ideal client, then that's when I would say that free work is not going to benefit you. But I think free or heavily discounted work with people who are your ideal clients is going to help you build your portfolio. It's going to help you get good reviews and testimonials, word of mouth. And it's also going to give you that portfolio work that can help you attract those clients that you do want to attract later down the line. So I personally think that it's a good thing or can be a good thing. That comes with caveats. One, make sure you hold your boundaries with free work. Obviously, there's that whole psychological thing of when something's free, people don't value it as much. So make sure that you are setting it up in a way that people understand the value of what they're getting and what you're providing and that you hold your boundaries as a service provider or whatever you're doing. So I would definitely say free work is a free work or heavily discounted work when you are just starting out can be really helpful. Not only for the things I mentioned, but also just to grow your confidence 
if you've just started out, you can have all the theoretical knowledge of something, but actually doing it in practice is completely different. So just growing that skill on confidence is really going to help you just generally boost your business because people will see the confidence that you have in your work and it will help them have confidence in your work as well. So don't be afraid to do free or heavily discounted work just because somebody told you that you shouldn't. If you don't want to, that is your discretion. Don't do it if it feels wrong to you in any way, but if it feels good to you, don't listen to anyone else. So after I landed my first client and I was working with these other two clients, I was working part-time in my business for the first year. So that was like two or three days a week because I didn't really understand where I wanted to go, but I was just doing work and trying to figure it out basically. And I think that's normal. Don't be afraid to just try it out and keep going. And I started posting on social media pretty much straight away. However, I would say that my focus was wrong in the beginning in that I was posting content in order to try to go viral, which I know a lot of people do. I thought more eyes means more sales. Obviously, I know now looking back that is just not the case. And Actually, I did go viral multiple times and it actually hindered my growth. It ruined my engagement rate. And it basically, because, so I gained, so I had a couple reels like pop off. I had one go to 100,000 views, the next one go to 200,000. And basically it got, I don't know, something like a few thousand followers in the week or a couple days. And it actually really did not benefit me because for many reasons, and I've actually spoken about this before, and I think I'll do a whole episode on this, but more than anything, it was actually a fear. I had literally been in business for what, two months. I had no idea what I was doing at this point, And I had all these like thousands of eyes like what on my account and watching what I was doing. And obviously, like people don't really care what you're doing. Like everyone's in their own lives, living their own world. And that's but you think that people care more than they do, and it just yeah, it threw me off. I didn't post for five months, ruined my engagement rate, lost, yeah, it was like a whole thing. And I'm definitely going to do a podcast episode on it because I think it deserves its own one. But that is lesson number two. Do not try to go viral or create content that you think might be viral content. Definitely try to aim for slow, consistent growth with people that are in your ideal clients or the people that you want to work with. It's just going to benefit your business so much more in the long term. So that's lesson number two. Yeah, as I said, I was working two to three days a week in my business. Didn't really understand what I was doing. Didn't really know where I wanted it to go. I didn't have a vision for what I wanted the business to be. Like I literally just started because I needed to start something to find myself again. I didn't have a vision and I never took the time to understand what that vision might be. And I think that's one of the biggest things that actually hindered my growth is that there's that saying that you can't walk down a path if you don't know where it's going or something along those lines. I definitely butchered it. But yeah, that would be my biggest lesson. It's definitely lesson number three, but I would say it's the most important is to do the work up front to understand your vision for where you want this business to go. Like it will definitely change, but where you want it to go, it's a clear vision of that. Why you want to do this business in general, like my why was to find myself after my son was born. And yes, having a personal why is great, but I only solidified my my business's real why, like why do I exist beyond 
money or anything else. I only really solidified that, I don't know, six months down the line. And again, having that earlier definitely would have helped me. So yeah, I would say do the upfront work to understand your vision, your why, and your audience more than anything. Your audience are key. And I will, this is the hill that I will die on. (laughs) And this is the strongest opinion I have, is that your audience is literally everything for your business. They, without them, you don't have a business. Fundamentally, you don't have a business without your audience. They're the people that will make sales. And without sales, you're not running a business. You're, you have a hobby. So yeah, this is the hill I will die on. Your audience is key. Make sure that you are looking to your audience and you understand who these people are. If you don't have this, understand who these people are. Again, there's going to be a whole episode on this, but find out simple as that go into some Facebook groups it doesn't need to be like a an expensive endeavor like I actually once used SurveyMonkey to try and understand my audience better waste of time I would say the best way to do this is go into Facebook groups with people who are in your audience then just be a fly on the wall see what they're struggling with see what they're posting about understand what they're going through it will help you so much yeah like I said there'll be a whole episode on this at some point but lesson three is do the upfront work to understand your vision your why your audience your brand strategy basically yeah I actually will have a course on this coming out in September but more on that later (laughs) so for me personally once I had solidified my strategy and I rebranded to align my visual identity with my brand strategy that is when things started changing for me. So I, in those two years, my services had changed so much. I really started to understand my audience, what they needed, how I like working personally, how I can utilize my skills and my talents to best create the most expansive change for my audience in their lives. And that led me to just finding so much more traction in my business. I think that is a big lesson. Lesson number four, get used to failing and be open to pivoting. Like I said, my services changed so much. And I recently talked about this on a different podcast episode on the social acre, which if you haven't checked out her show, I really recommend. But yeah, I think that one of the most important things in business is being able to pivot, being open to your services changing and not being like disheartened because something you're getting rid of a service because something isn't working, but it's because you have figured out a better way to serve your audience. And that should be amazing. That should be a celebratory moment, not a discouraging moment. So do not be afraid to pivot, get used to failing. And yeah, don't take things too seriously. Nothing's set in stone. Realistically, you're running this business. If you want to get rid of a service, get rid of a service. If it's not working for you, it's not working for you. The benefit is that you are the boss, you get to run, you get to make those choices. So yeah, don't treat it like a nine to five where you don't have the control because you do and always come back to your audience and it will help you guide that path, right? So as I said, I didn't have that strong why when I first started out. I had a personal why, but a personal why is not enough in my opinion because fundamentally people are quite selfish. It's just a fact. Everyone's living in their own world and their own life And we can't expect people to care about our business just for the sake of caring about our business. Everyone else has busy lives and we need our brand to fit into people's lives, 
rather than just expecting them to care. And a why is a super tangible and emotional driver for this. So I learned my why, which is focusing on helping women to grow their businesses, pursue what lights them up, and just expand what's possible for their life through the power of intentional strategy, branding, and design. And once I figured out that this was my mission, every day felt a little bit easier in my business because there are hard days. There 100% are hard days, but having this to return to just changed the game. So if you don't have a why and you're starting out, really take some time to think if money was no object, why would my business exist? It's a simple question, but it can really create some profound answers. And that's the final lesson is that mindset is one of the most underrated and most difficult things in being an entrepreneur because you will second guess yourself so much. And I think that this is something that people don't talk about enough is that it's hard. It is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It is hard to be your own boss, especially if you have been an employee for most of your life. Getting out of that employee mindset and into a business owner mindset where, you know, when you put in more effort when you're an employee, you expect more results. And that isn't always the case when you're a business owner. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow. So having a really solid mindset and having that foundational work and actually ongoing work is going to be so helpful for you in your journey. But yeah, lesson five, make sure that you are consistently investing in some way, whether that's time, financial, whatever, in your mindset and your self-growth and all that kind of thing, because it will help you. Not directly in a, you're going to rebrand and it's going to outwardly look different to people, but in an everyday, making sure that you are taking steps forward kind of way. So that is my lesson number five. So there we are. That is my story. It's still unfolding, so we'll see where it goes. But I hope that this was a helpful first episode. You get to know a little bit about me and I hopefully can help people who are just starting out or are just have just started to learn from my mistakes and learn from mistakes I've seen other people make. Because I think that's something else is try and build that community around you because you'll make mistakes and it's nice to have people around you that might also be making them too. <laughs> and there we go. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me today and listening all the way to the end of the episode. I truly appreciate you being here and If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to encourage you to leave a review. It really helps us to grow and reach more like-minded people and help other women grow and start their businesses and all that fun stuff. So I would love it if you could leave a review. Plus, if you have any feedback, we're just starting out. We're learning the ropes here. So if you have any feedback, episode ideas, questions, or just simply would like to connect further with me, head over to Instagram, find me at Cecile Creative Studio shoot me a DM and we can chat like old hens. Until next time, I am cheering you on. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to this podcast episode all the way to the end. I truly appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to encourage you to leave a review as this helps us grow and reach more like-minded individuals. Plus, if you have feedback, episode ideas, or questions, 
or just like to connect further, please find me on Instagram at the Thrill Creative Studio. Shoot me a DM and let me know you're listening. Until next time, friend, I'm cheering you on.